0: Welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theory and the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host, All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Just visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep Block Talk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheathingNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. is one of the most dynamic performers on the planet if there is a fire trick you know exactly whose show you're at it's the unstoppable boudoir lafleur hello hi how are you i'm great how are you this is an an honor and a dream having you on the podcast finally
1: you are actually the first podcast i've ever been on you are popping my podcast cherry i figured it's time to make it happen and you have been and you've been asking and so i said you know what you're the one let's go
0: i feel so honored uh thanks for giving me the exclusive and not bob monet or lady bunny but they they they're, they're great too they're fine
1: <laughs> i don't think bob monet or lady bunny are concerned with what i have to say to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> yeah well maybe one day we'll hear their um, uh, um glam awards acceptance speech i'm so shady (laughs) anyway
1: no i don't think i don't think you will because they're usually not in the building
0: no never um i'm so excited to have you on because you are absolutely one of my favorite drag artists on the planet um i i've i've been watching you for years i mean i couldn't even tell you how long it's been but i'm excited for the listeners has it been probably yeah yeah
1: that's when I started, and that's whenever I think I first met you, probably out in Astoria.
0: Probably, but I, I'm excited for the listeners to, get, to know a little bit about the artist behind Boudoir LaFleur. Are you ready to tell them all?
1: Yeah, let's dive in.
0: Well, we love to start from the beginning. Where are you from?
1: I grew up in a little town called Dover, Ohio, about an hour and a half south of Cleveland.
0: What, the only thing what?
1: there is a, it's a high school. So a bunch of houses and some football fields, and that's it. I said, girl, I got to get out of here as fast as possible.
0: So Ohio, I don't know much about Ohio, um, especially because um, I come from a um, University of Michigan household. My brother went to the U.M. So that's like, we don't talk about Ohio much. Um, we just drive so through it to so get there. Com-
1: yeah, so we're competitors is what you're saying.
0: Correct. correct. You know,
1: Ohio, Ohio Michigan have that huge – sports competitiveness that i know nothing about
0: yeah i i mean my brother like it, it like it's always the rivalry game the uh, sunday after the saturday after thanksgiving if michigan loses do not talk to him do not message him do not it's over life is over um but i i had joked one day to someone i was like yeah there's definitely been a war between um uh, michigan and ohio um that's not football and someone was like no no, no that's not true and then they looked on um the Wikipedia page there actually was a war between Ohio and Michigan for the area known as Toledo oh really They battled each other they for Toledo for like the actual land of Toledo correct correct
1: Have, oh okay I'm no shade Toledo but no shade of Toledo but what <laughs> right crazy <laughs> people are, the Toledo is really flat farmland and I, there's one there's one university there and good for them they have a great music school i right hear um no someone on the street one time heard i was from ohio and they're like
0: oh h and i was like
1: i think i'm supposed to respond with Correct. io is that yeah, what you it. do that's it okay i've never now, been much into sports obviously
0: <laughs> what was life like in ohio what were you like as a child
1: I was super quiet as a kid. If you talk to my teachers, I they would say I was very respectful. Um, I usually minded my own business. Was, um, I, was I was a shy kid.
0: Mm-hmm. And you have and a theater I, background. When did theater come into your life? Um, it started
1: with a production of Guys and Dolls at a place called The Little Theater of Tuscarawas County. And I think I was probably 15 and I have a way of always being um, a replacement or a fill-in or a last-minute something. It's um, sort of been a reoccurring theme in my life. And somebody came to our choir practice because obviously I was a little baby gay and I was in the low, and I was in the show choir. And someone came and said, well, "We need a we need a boy who can dance and sing in our production of Guys and Dolls." And I It was like all my dreams were about to come true. I um, I got my mom to drive me to the little theater and I did an audition in the hallway and 20 minutes later it was my first community theater production of Guys and Dolls.
0: That's incredible. So you caught the theater bug. What, what is it about theater that attracts you to it? Um, I think
1: really it was just all the excitement of it. I was really Mm -hmm. bored as a kid. I was, I really hated being in school, just sitting down all day, every day. I would usually pretty much lay my head down and go to sleep for a Mm -hmm. while. I think they thought I had narcolepsy problems and I was just bored. I just couldn't, I was the type of kid I needed to be up and moving around. This is why I think I eventually found dance as a way to express myself. I was just always so tired and bored of sitting around staring at someone standing there talking about something I didn't really care about. I want to be up doing things. So theater was the first thing, because the only thing besides that, that kids would do would play sports. And I was just too, honestly, I was a little fairy. So I didn't want to be kicking a ball around. And so once I found dancing and singing and stuff like that, it was, I could never turn back.
0: So where did you go to college?
1: I went to the University of Akron in Akron, Ohio.
0: It's, and you uh, studied?
1: It's actually, I studied dance. Um, dance. I had a under, I guess my secondary study was music, but I sort of gave that up to dance. I actually gave up a music scholarship to focus on dance because that was oh, an, wow. obviously a, a genius move. But I just saw myself as a very unhappy band director in Ohio. That's <laughs> fair. Decided, that's fair. I decided instead of doing that, I would try to become a dancer. I had big dreams.
0: Now, for those who don't know the geography of Ohio, where is Akron in relation to Cleveland?
1: It's 30 minutes south of Cleveland, pretty close to Lake Erie.
0: Nice. Yeah. So dance, what, what was your aspiration when you decided to pursue dance as a, as a, a degree and then a career?
1: Well, I was lucky that I had teachers that pretty much told us if you are studying dance in college, you're probably going to, at your best bet, get into musical theater or maybe a smaller company. In general, for really professional dance companies, by the time you're 18, you have most of the major training you're going to need and you won't need a dance degree. A lot of people that study dance, and this is no shade, no shade, no tea. A lot of people that study dance in college will end up becoming dance teachers, educators, administrators, things like that. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a uh, male, quote unquote, I would say male identifying dance student, you might have a chance because for some reason, boys can catch up later. It's yeah. this thing in dance where, you know, the, a lot of the girls are set into dance when they're four or five years old. A lot of boys, right. in, especially especially in the Midwest, aren't allowed to dance. For many reasons, you know what I mean? They think you're gay, honestly. They think you're gay, they think it's for girls. All these, there's all kinds of reasons as to why boys aren't allowed to dance like girls. And so a lot of boys catch up late. Uh, I had smart teachers, they were like, get as much technique as you can, get a voice teacher, go to New York and you'll probably get a tour of something.
0: So you come to New York, what was your, what was it like being in New York, fresh from Ohio, from the Midwest?
1: Well, what's hysterical is I came to New York and I auditioned for a production of Cats that was at a theater back in Akron, Ohio, and I got <laughs> Cats. <laughs> so
0: that, that, you know That's how it works.
1: I left Akron, Ohio, went to New York, auditioned for, a, for the Carousel Dinner Theater <laughs> for Cats in, at a theater in Akron, Ohio, and I went right back to Akron, Ohio to do my first job.
0: How did how how did you find the audition process when you came to New York? Did you find it to be difficult?
1: Um yes, I found it no, how about this? I found it nerve-wracking, I didn't find it difficult. I find that I work pretty well under pressure. In general, mm-hmm. I find I work I find in general my personality works pretty well under pressure. In fact, if there isn't pressure, I'm probably not interested in it at all. Uh, okay. It's gotta be high stakes, it's gotta be high stakes, or else I'm like, eh, who cares? Um, I Maybe that's the competitive side of me, that's really strong. Uh, I find audition auditioning kind of thrilling, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I am very competitive, so uh, it was nerve wracking, but I didn't find it hard, though. It can be hard, you know, once you do a bunch of auditions, you're told no how many times it gets to the point where you go, okay, you, yeah, so it's a mixture of everything, I guess.
0: More exciting we, than hard. Absolutely. Now, what was your big break? What was the big moment for you in your dance theater career?
1: I guess the biggest thing I did was I did a tour of, of Vita, the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a bunch of regional theater over the years, and then... Um, Larry Fuller, the original choreographer for the Broadway show Evita, uh, mounted a tour in 2007, I believe (laughs) it was when I auditioned. (laughs) And, um, I was actually asleep on my couch because the night before I had gone out and my roommate busted out of her bedroom, my roommate, Colleen, thanks Colleen. She swung her bedroom door open. She's like, girl, you have an hour, get yourself together, go audition for a Vita. they need a dance ensemble, you're gonna do it, it's a national tour, it's a year long, you're gonna make it happen. So I jumped on the bed, I ran and I went and I did not get it right away because the casting director did not li- like me. <laughs> the um, artistic team liked me but the casting director did not like me. And so I had to do like four or five callbacks for it but I eventually got it. And I was uh, I was a featured dancer, and I took over the role of Mario, the tango dancer. Love that. About six months, about six months in, the that person was um, had had enough of the tour, is the way I'll put it, and put in uh, <laughs> their notice. And I was the understudy, and I took over. It was, it was probably one of my favorite times in life touring. I like I like traveling.
0: Where was your favorite destination?
1: Oh, on that tour it was bus and truck it was uh, so oh boy let me dig <laughs> let me let me dig deep into the cities we went to <laughs> you know what actually my favorite city we went to was Reno that's fair that's fair uh, uh, because Reno was I don't know it was a really good time we got wild
0: now when did drag into your life
1: um well it's I would say the first time I did drag was whenever I got cast in uh, the musical *Lacage* at mm-hmm. a uh, theater, a theater in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, I was supposed to be Hanna from Hamburg, but then, sure. but then casting ended up getting switched around, and I ended up being Monique, which makes no sense at all. But um, I played Monique in *Lacage* for about two months in South Carolina, and that was the first time I was like, you know, in a wig. Heels, tucked lashes, all of that, and then at, once I had done that show eight times a week, and it's uh, uh, was my introduction into that sort of realm of performing. Mm-hmm. It just sort of kept creeping back in. Now that was in probably two thousand nine. I'll say that's two thousand nine. I did Lakash. yeah, and then so then for about seven, eight years, drag just kept coming back. People would ask me to like be in their show. People would ask me if I was doing drag, if I wanted to do drag, people would say, hey, you should start doing drag and do these contests. But I really didn't start drag until 2016 on Fire Island.
0: I Love that. Now let's talk about the origin story of your drag name. How did you come upon Boudoir Le Fleur?
1: Okay, so Boudoir Le Fleur,
0: so in Cherry Grove
1: 2016, I popped out for the summer just to make some quick cash as a cocktail waiter. And um, at the end of the season, right around Labor Day, um, a big hurricane was supposed to come. So they had canceled. All the ferries to and from the fire, the Island of Fire uh, were canceled. And so this hurricane was supposed to come and a lot of people stayed on the island. A lot of people left. It so turns out all the drag queens had left. Every drag queen was like, screw this. I am out of here. I'm not getting trapped out here. I have gigs in the city. And uh, I just was hunkering down with the rest of the staff. And then the day came, it was, it was a Sunday. Uh, and this, the hurricane never came. The sun came out, it was glorious, but there were no fairies to be had. So everyone that was on the island was stuck on the island and no one could get to the island. So my boss texted me at around eleven in the morning and said, "Hey, you want to do a show tonight?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Who's in it? What do you want me to do?" And she's like, "You. I need a drag queen. Uh, All the queens are off the island. I have no one to do it. Everywhere is closed. It's glorious out. If we do a show, even if you suck, you're gonna make some money." She's like, "Even if you're terrible." (laughs) <laughs> even if you're terrible, everyone's going to come because there's nothing else to do and you'll make money. So you may as well just try. So I ran around the island and found some lesbian friends and pulled together like a lime green corset and some thigh highs and, um, and whipped together a playlist of songs I knew that I could lip sync to without ever having to rehearse necessarily since I had. She said, and she said on the phone, I was like, I don't think I can do this. She said, well, you have eight hours, figure it out. <laughs> And then I went on and did a show that night and the people that were on the island came and liked it and honestly paid me more tips than I definitely deserved. <laughs> and my boss saw that and said, oh, you're kind of good at this. Maybe next summer you should have a show. And then offered me a weekly show and then things just built from there.
0: That's awesome. And and the name just naturally came. Oh, so
1: then I look at me, I go on on a tangent. The name, uh, I didn't, (laughs) my friend Michael was on the island, ironically, uh, Michael, uh, Michael Bo, actually. And I said, I have to do a show tonight. I don't like, I don't even have a drag name. I've been in drag. I don't. And he said, you are Boudoir. And I was like, oh my God, I am. That was it. And I just, the minute he said it, he, he just declared it. And I heard it and my brain just went, clicked and said, yes, it is. And uh, I, when I was growing up, I had an aunt that was sort of like my surrogate mother and she used to call me little Lafleur. And uh, my roommate, Colleen from years ago, who now is an actress in LA, she also called me Lafleur. And so I've just always had this Lafleur in my life. And so I just figured Boudoir, slap on a nickname de fleur that I've already had for most of my life on that and it sounds pretty good because still believe me I do
0: not speak French. <laughs> I'm sure so, you get asked to speak French all the time.
1: Yeah and the people are like your name is Boudoir Le Fleur and you don't speak French and I'm like yes I know I'm a white trash girl from Ohio this is what <laughs> we do. If you're from Ohio French means fancy okay so I was just trying to be fancy.
0: How would you describe Boudoir in three words?
1: Oh, no, you made this hard. In three (laughs) words, (laughs) I would say feisty. I would say dramatic. And I would say feisty. How about dynamic? Let's change dramatic to dynamic. Feisty, dynamic, and
0: cutthroat. I'm here for it. How long does it take to transform into boudoir?
1: Well, I mean, when did I, when did I really start? 2016. And then by 2018, I was pretty much doing it full time. It it took me so long whenever I started, but now I have narrowed it down to, if I have have to, have to, have to, I can do it in one hour and 30 minutes, but that means I'm in full, full, like, straight to work mode no one talks to me no one to speak to me don't make a sound music cannot be playing the dogs have to be fed no there can be nothing i don't even have time no distractions that, you know what i mean like i can do it in 90 minutes if i have to but That's i would say bad. in general i give myself two hours and 15 to two thirty 2 30.
0: now usually this is the time where i say i ask my guests like what are their favorite makeup products are but i think this is the moment where i think you need to reveal to everyone what glue you use to keep your hair on because you whip your hair so much and it, I've never, ever seen it move, ever. I,
1: um okay, so this is, <laughs> um I use a glue that you can only get at beauty supply stores, mostly in Harlem. And I got it because I was using glue that would not hold my wigs down when I whip my head because I definitely do <laughs> whip my head a lot, you're right without a head whip, half of my drag is gone. Recently, I started wearing short wigs and it changed my drag because I started dancing around a lot more with my body because I, would, I love a hair whip. I'm a, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I was watching MTV, you, you know, and I was watching Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul. It was whip, 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 turn, whip. Everything was a hair, long hair whip in this direction, that direction. So I went to a beauty supply on the corner of Broadway and One Fifty Six. And I just told the girl behind the counter, I said, I need super, super strong glue. She goes, Oh yes, church glue.
0: <laughs> and
1: I said, What? She goes, church glue. You know, the girls say glue it down, they go to church, then go crazy and the wig won't come off their head. And I said, If if that's I said that's that's what I need. I need church glue. And I don't even know the name of the glue that I use. I still go to the same beauty supply store. But I'll tell you this, it's clear glue, it's really thick, it smells like pure alcohol, it will burn your skin off. And it is the hardest glue to get off of lace possible. It takes God so it. long to clean up. All the other girls use mastic and mm-hmm. uh and which is absolutely fine. Get your mastic's life. Um, every time I've used mastics halfway through the show, I have to re-glue it. Um, okay. I also don't I only sweat under a wig. So, like it all gets wet underneath there. I don't sweat on my face very much. So then all that wetness just gets under that glue and it just starts to peel right off. So I basically use super glue.
0: I'm here super for super lace glue. At some point they're gonna have to sponsor it. you.
1: <laughs> they don't sell it in very many stores. So I don't know how much that sponsorship would be worth, <laughs> to be honest. Fair. Now also my favorite makeup, my favorite makeup product is actually makeup forever, is what I use mostly.
0: I love that that's awesome yeah all right so who are some of your drag inspirations whether it be drag artists or or other um artistic people
1: my drag inspirations i would say my first drag inspiration was gloria swanson in sunset boulevard
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) oh yeah uh I don't know, I I grew up on that movie, I love film noir, and she, something about that character was so dramatic and over the top, and to me, that I was like, that's drag. Like, she is, um, and obviously not a drag performer, a actress, um, the role of Norma Desmond. I would say that my inspirations were not, mostly not drag queens. rock stars like um, Stevie Nicks, um, yeah. Stevie Nicks, Bonnie Tyler, um, honestly dancers like Paul Abdul and Janet Jackson. Yeah. Um, when it comes to drag, I rarely found inspiration from other drag queens. I found inspiration from what I found were strong female performers, actresses, dancers, pop stars, you know what, even someone like a ballerina like Gelsie Kirkland, because um, mm-hmm. even though she was doing ballet, she had such a dynamic energy about her on stage, and so I've found that I've been most inspired by females who have really strong energy as performers as opposed to drag queens.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you really have your own drag aesthetic and drag identity, like, you I know a lot of drag artists don't like being compared to others, but I there is no one like you. You are your own entity, and that's kind of special.
1: Um, I have, honestly, my boss on Fire Island, uh, who gave me that gig during Hurricane whatever it was that never came in 2016. Um, my boss, she told me the next summer, I'm going to give you a weekly gig, but she said any there's a whole bunch of drag queens right now. There's a whole bunch of people performing in drag, if you want to do this and you want to make a living at it, she said, you have to be special. You have to be different, find anything and everything that makes you different and put it all together. And then you will find a persona that will be different. And so I really have my boss who is not an entertainment manager or a talent manager in any way. She is a very smart businesswoman, and she gave me that one piece of advice. And that one piece of advice has, I honestly made me a whole career.
0: I, I I love that. That's amazing to hear. Now let's discuss the evolution of your look and your hair. Because like you mentioned earlier, you have been wearing shorter wigs, but for for a long period of time, it was always a very similar look. It's always black lingerie, the the brown wig that always flies around. Where where when did you decide that is what boudoir was gonna look like?
1: Well, um so The first time I did the show on Fire Island, I had done drag two weeks before. I had done one, I had done a number in a a show for Ginger Snap, who at the time had a reoccurring Monday night spot called Dining with the Divas, and she knew I had done Lacage before, so uh, she had asked me to do one number in her show, and I made up a mix based off of Lady Gaga's song, Gypsy, and... I mixed it with the song Dark Lady by Cher and Andy Lennox's version of I Put a Spell on You and Katy Perry's Dark Horse. So I came up with sort of a witchy dancing number that was based on my late Aunt Amber. My Aunt Amber, who I told you earlier, was the one that called me Little Lafleur when I was growing up. Yeah. She passed away almost 12 years ago now and 13 years ago now, and she, she was what you call a white witch. She read tarot cards. Uh, she was sort of, I mean, she was someone that people would go to for advice. I wouldn't call her like a seer or a medium or anything like that, but she was definitely very spiritual in a way that wasn't religious. She was always, you know, burning incense, smoking car, um, having parties and bringing people together. And she, she loved to cook food for people. And she was just a very, uh, huge hearted witchy woman. And so I sort of used the spirit of her as an inspiration for uh, creating this character, Boudoir. Um, I fancy myself like the most glamorous version of her Mm. would be what Boudoir is. And she had long wavy hair that always had streaks in it because she was always, as much as she could, she would be in nature. And in the sun, she loved to go camping. She loved to be outdoors. So she, and she had long wavy hair and it always had a blonde streak in it. And it was, it was always brown, red and blonde and always kind of a mess to be quite honest. So I just decided to make myself the most glamorous version of my Aunt Amber.
0: I love that. I mean, it, it's, it really was such a recognizable look for the long assignment. And you had said, again, you've gone to shorter hair you've gone to different looks. What made you decide to give it a little bit of a refresh?
1: Well, I mean, at some point, if you keep doing this, if you keep doing the exact same thing over and over again, you will I mean, you'll get stale, right? So, sure. um, you know, I have a lot more gigs now and I have a lot more work now. And also as a performer, I've diversified the material that I do. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll will always be my go-to, but also Broadway is what I was really had most of my training in when it comes to being Holy. on stage so I've just sort of found a way to bridge the gap between the origin of the spirit of where boudoir comes from and my skill set and so now I'm just sort of oscillating in between you know sometimes I'll wear just a tight updo and a sequin gown with the tear away. and when I do people are like but well, who is this <laughs> and then sometimes I'll bust out that big wavy wig and glue that on my head and just wear a black black lacy leo and some black boots and thigh eyes people go oh oudouan's back <laughs> so I, now now i do it just to keep myself just just to keep myself fresh and exciting and try new things i'm very comfortable with who i am as a drag performer now so i feel like i have freedom to branch out
0: then when it comes to putting a look together is it more so who you're working with is there a theme for the night um, or you say, fuck it, I'm doing me. You all can follow along.
1: Generally, fuck it, I'm doing me. You all can follow along, <laughs> generally. I'm I, here for I it. Mean, well, you know, and there's certain gigs where you're like, okay, tonight we're getting the Staples standard. And then there's other nights where you go, okay, something special is going on or it's a bigger night or it's a party or, or whatever. So, you know, I'll let's whip something up new. But for me, it's more of the feeling of, I like to be the type of queen when you walk in the room, everyone knows who you are, as opposed to oh, look what she did today. It's like, oh, there she is. Absolutely. Because a lot of a lot of queens will pull different looks, which I've completely different looks. Like from behind, you can't even tell who it is until you turn around. I don't ever want to be that queen. I want to be that one she stomps in and they go, Oh, is here.
0: I appreciate that. Now, speaking of, what makes a drag artist have longevity in New York?
1: In my opinion, uh, I would say showing up and being nice. Yeah. Because there's, because in New York City, uh, let's be honest, in New York City, no matter what anyone's feelings are, there's a lot of talent, especially in the drag world. There's a, there's a lot of talk like, like, uh, like the other day I saw an article where Bianca Del Rio supposedly said that there's a lot of like delusion and drag and things like this and I will agree with that to a point but you can't deny that in a big city like New York City there aren't so many talented queens so the thing that's going to set you up 90% of life is showing up so I think it's showing up being professional being nice to everyone a a lot of times people get caught up in nightlife drama and stuff like that uh you won't catch me fighting with a drag queen ever when Mm -hmm. I started drag and and a lot of queens do this they're they think they need to, you know, put pressure on the new queens and be kind of a little bit, you know, nose up and eye down towards them. And I just don't think that's helpful to the community. Uh, It doesn't mean you have to book them and tell them they're amazing, but looking down on someone isn't ever going to get you ahead. So, uh, you know, keep showing up and be nice to queens and then eventually someone's going to book you.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's what I've always appreciated about you is even um, with younger queens and queens starting out, you were always there for them. You always gave an opportunity when you had one for someone. And there are not a lot of people in nightlife who will do that.
1: I have um, a very strong sense of self-esteem. Uh, luckily, uh, I, I, it comes to me naturally. I, I believe, uh, I'm not sure where I got it to be quite honest because my parents were kind of crappy and didn't really raise me. So I guess I just always had to, I guess I have a sense of believing in myself. So I don't think that having someone step on my stage uh, to do a number that might not be at quote unquote, the level that I believe that I'm at, or at the level, quote unquote, I think anyone should watch i don't mind someone that maybe doesn't have a perfect face or maybe isn't wearing enough pairs of tights or maybe isn't wearing hit pads or whatever the list is or nails or whatever it is that i've decided as a queen is or isn't drag i don't mind having someone not be quote at my standard and stepping on stage and entertaining people and expressing themselves because i don't believe that's a reflection of me
0: yeah i mean my favorite moments are always when you would have uh our dear friend johnny on stage and just- let them do whatever they wanted, and not everyone would let someone like that do that. And and even when uh, at, at Icon, and it would be the end of the night, and your gypsy mix would come on, you'd have so many people run on stage to perform with you. That's what makes you a special artist to me.
1: Thank you. Uh, I and I still, when I do that mix to this day, I say, if you know the end of this, and yeah. you want to jump in, jump in. And it's. Not anything groundbreaking at the end. It's a number I came up with at the beginning of my drag career. So it's just four little arm pumps and four little whips. It's the whip, whip, whip. I don't do the donkey kick at the end, okay? So, um, but if you want (laughs) to do it, do it, if you come on stage. And also I tell people, you don't even have to do the full arm windmill drag. You could just do a little, make it small. I don't care. Mark it if you want to. If you want to be part of it, be a part of it. I feel like we're lacking a sense of community sometimes these days. Uh, I feel like we're focusing too much on people being famous and talented and a lot less on building a community. And that's what drag for me really was about. It's like that people came together to watch one queen give their all. And then you had something to talk about and somebody to watch and something to be excited about instead of everything turned into a competition.
0: Believe me, the amount of videos so, I have on my phone of um, whenever Gypsy comes on at a bar or a venue or somewhere of people doing that dance, I have a lot of videos of it. That's, that's how iconic you are to me.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I have, I should go through my phone because I probably have a, a lot of those videos too. And I love when people send them <laughs> to me because uh, it's because, you know, when you do drag five or six nights a week and you're always out in a bar with a lot of people and it's loud and a lot of energy, mm-hmm sometimes it's easy for me to uh, forget the spirit of that. And that is really the spirit of why I do drag. So when anyone sends me a video or tags me on Instagram at dragwitch, um I love seeing ev- anyone get excited about um, people coming together. I think there's nothing more exciting than people coming together to do something.
0: Absolutely. Now COVID took a toll on all of us, but With that number, you were able to film it for the Digital Glam Awards, which, as I told you, I cried watching it because it was at that point a year into COVID. And for a lot of us, we weren't back into our normal routines of, you know, going out every Saturday night and everything. So watching you um, perform that number was really special. But let's talk Glam Awards a little bit. You are um, 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 you you got some hardware, um, don't you? You got some awards, things. including uh, Entertainer yeah. of the Year.
1: Well, I when I started in the nightlife, I just, I honestly was just excited to perform and get out there and get on stage. I just wanted to be on stage and perform and, and help people have a good time. I like entertaining people. And then I got nominated for a Best Dance Performer, I guess, in 2018. And I was up against most of the dancers in New York city who were all more well known than me. And when I won that one little glam award, all of a sudden I went, Oh, well, this is kind of fun. I didn't know people were really the this much. I didn't know that. I, I didn't realize that people were really going to get into what I'm doing. So then the next season, Kimmy Moore and I had started, uh, at that point becoming a duo and doing a lot of stuff together so by the next season, we were nominated for Duo, I was nominated for Dancer again, I got nominated for Entertainer of the Year, and then I won all three of those things, which all three were an absolute gag to me. To win dance Best Dance Performer again, I was shocked. For Kimmy and I to win Best Duo, I was shocked. To even be nominated for Entertainer of the Year, I was completely shocked. So when I won Entertainer of the Year, I was even more shocked. And then I said, well, shit, this year I'm the Billie Eilish. I'm like the new girl who won a bunch of stuff. <laughs> so I'm never gonna I said I'm never gonna win anything ever again. And then the glam awards happened this
0: year. And guess what?
1: I didn't win a thing.
0: <laughs> well, I but mean, this this year's ha- glam awards were interesting. Very interesting.
1: But I but I will say this, I'm very happy I didn't win a thing because I believe that everyone who won quote-unquote, over me, deserved what they got. I believe the the Dragon Sisters are an amazing, amazing, amazing duo. They won duo group. They are absolutely the breakthrough of New York City in this past year. Um, Tina Torler is absolutely deserving of winning Best Dance Performers. She's a hardworking, talented dancer. And Janelle Number 5 absolutely is extremely entertaining. There's no reason why she shouldn't win something like Entertainer of the Year.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of Sony Hall, uh, you will be bringing your dance and talents again to Sony Hall for Night of Life. Tell us about the event.
1: That's true. So Night of Life is uh, benefiting the Trevor Project. It's been a little bit on hiatus because of complications with COVID, mm-hmm. obviously. Everything is, keeps getting shifted around. But we finally, Daniel Gold, who heads uh, this, uh, found a date and a time that works, which is March 28th which is a Monday uh, at the end of this month and I'm actually doing my original mix based on Lady Gaga's Gypsy but with a whole cast of dancers Love it's that. going to be it's going to be a stage version of the video I did for the Digital Glam Awards that's awesome. over a year back yeah so that's exciting
0: what is it about doing um, an event like this that is important to you
1: Well, it's benefiting the Trevor Project, uh, which is uh, super. I which is way more important than people believe. the The Trevor Project actually um, needs as much support as possible for the youth of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um. So, I'm I'm a sucker for any good cause, and I think the Trevor Project is one of the best causes there are because I feel that. Uh. Younger people in the community need to get on their feet to a strong place so that they can get to be older people in the community. Absolutely, (laughs) Uh, and and I think that we don't realize that it's this community has its challenges at any age. Um, You know, we a lot of us come from other places that aren't New York City or LA or whatever place we go to where we're around a lot of people like us, Um, but a lot of the younger kids around this country are living at home where they don't have anyone to talk to that's within our community that understands them they feel right. completely isolated completely living the Trevor project helps bridge that gap and so i try to anytime i can help the trevor project oh i also wanted to go one for best digital special where i did a fundraiser for the trevor project yeah. i forgot about
0: that you did <laughs> now i can't believe we've gotten this far in the podcast without mentioning this word but one of the most dominating forces that has taken over the New York drag scene are the assassins. Tell us yeah. about the assassins. I,
1: uh, the assassins are so special to me because it just, as a group of friends, it just happens very organically. Um, Kimmy came to Fire Island a year or so after I started doing drag. Uh, and She did a competition called So You Want a Job. Mm-hmm. Which we do at Cherries at the beginning of every season. And um, she w- wanted a job and she won. And so then she got <laughs> hired. And her and I being her and I became instant friends, both being dance-based drag performers. And so we started doing numbers together and putting each other in each other's shows as much as possible. And then um her she had left the city uh to come out to Fire Island and she gave her job to Nick Gaga to replace her in the city. She suggested Nick Gaga replace her in the city. So then uh, we started to get to know Nick Gaga because she was, Kimmy had referenced her for her job. And then Kimmy went to school with Camilla Cockman. They went to college together, I think at Fredonia University. And uh, I don't know if it's a university or college, but sorry girls, Um, (laughs) and Camilla was thinking about getting back in the drag about three years ago and starting to do it more again. She had dabbled with it when she was younger. And so we sort of convinced Camilla to sort of slap back on a wig and face and start jumping in and doing stuff with us. And it just sort of all organically slowly meshed together and stirred up into a pot and then suddenly, bam, we're the House of Assassins. We're doing music videos, we're doing shows, we're getting booked together. Uh, We're creating content together, and now almost everything I do is related to the Assassins. There's rarely something I do that is just boudoir, which has nothing to do with the Assassins. In fact, even if I do something on my own, I'm still using my sisters as sounding board, as inspiration, as um, we've just become a a really good drag family.
0: Now, this may be a difficult question. Um, Is there a mission statement for the Assassins?
1: <laughs> no just <laughs> uh, good time gals <laughs> just get on stage and be talented.
0: <laughs> well, how, what is it like so is there a test to become an at least an honorary member of the assassins? because I, I feel like there are some like extended friends.
1: yeah, there are definitely some extended friends. Is there a test? No, but we should do a I think maybe that we you know as you get older, you got to come up with ways to keep everyone excited. maybe we should do a competition. Find the next assassin.
0: <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Finding
1: finding the next assassin. I mean, I mean, you would be generally to be an assassin. You'd need to be dance related, and uh, and we're just we're sort of no frills. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We're not so much on. We're not so much on wearing dresses and sequins and big hair. We're we're hair flips. We're stomp the yard. We're boots. We're leather. We're chains. Uh, just downtown drag is what i call it
0: i'm here for it i do want to discuss the little mix uh, recreation video y'all made of sweet melody i believe at time of recording it's at 379,000 views how did this project come about and how was it how much fun was it to film
1: i'll tell you this it was not fun to film at all uh it was cold right (laughs) The project itself was really, really fun, but the filming itself was was painful hard work, but you know, painful hard work pays off. So uh it's absolutely going to be one of my favorite projects. I don't, no matter where I go and drag, this is always gonna end up being one of my favorite projects. Um we did it because uh I called them the girls. See, I'm at an age where I'm 10 years older than the oldest of the other three. So a lot of times our ideas of what we're gonna do are not the same. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we come from, there's just a little bit, it's not a generation gap, but there's just a slight difference in how we come at things. And the girls came to me and said, hey, you know the group Little Mix? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And those, those singer-dancer girls, they're great, yeah, I love them. They're cute, I love their bops. They're like, we thought we would do a recreation of the music video. And I of course rolled my eyes and I was like, oh God, not this. I was like, not this, this is gonna be tedious. And they told, they were like, we, we want you to be Jade. It's the first girl in the video, she has a solo. And I was like, well, you guys are buttering me up by telling me I'll be the first one in it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, okay, we'll get replication looks made. We'll do all the choreography. And they were, we did it because the other three were so passionate about it that I said, okay, fine. I'm gonna jump on board because you guys are excited about it. And it was during COVID, we weren't doing any gigs because all the bars were closed. Right. And I knew we needed something to keep us inspired and keep us working and keep us going. So at that point, I was like, any project that's gonna just get us on our feet and getting up and doing drag. And so then, you know, we got up on our feet and started learning the choreography and planning the, planning out where we were gonna do it. We filmed it at a basement in at a church in Brooklyn in Bushwick, which by the way, now a lot of drag queens have filmed there. And I will say we did it first because we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it it's a very cold basement <laughs> and the floor is cement that is not very smooth <laughs> and it took about 15 hours because you know at that point we weren't working any gigs we were doing everything out of pocket so we were going we spent a lot of money but we were going as low budget as possible so it's not like we had a big crew helping us we had we had bare we had bare bones trying to make this happen and doing the overhead shots and everything, we had to get super creative with the uh, with the videographer team. Um, but all the hard work was worth it. It's my favorite project we've ever done. We were very surprised that it got as much attention
0: as it did. I, I love it. I mean, I'm a huge Little Mix fan, so I was very excited to see it.
1: Uh, I'm, and then my Instagram got deleted because someone thought I was Correct. pretending to be Jade. Right. So I had, uh, so I was excited too, and I posted a picture. I posted a whole bunch of stuff as me in a replica look, replica hair, everything. And uh, and then I got reported and deleted for pretending to be Jade Thirlwall,
0: <laughs> which it's is been... kind
1: of fun, actually annoying because <laughs> I had to start my Instagram over. But very very stupid at the time. Yeah. Does,
0: does, does she know? Has she seen the video? Uh,
1: she, she has seen the video. Yes, and she commented on my Instagram: "Go off, Jade." <laughs> I love and, it. Uh, with, and she was very supportive uh they all were very supportive actually at some point or another all four of them uh commented on a, on a, a video or an instagram story or a picture in support awesome that's so very nice
0: well another year is come and gone and it's already that time for fire island season um you will be back on the island of twinks and where dreams go to die but what makes fire island so special Uh, Well, I
1: think what makes Fireland so special is, well, it's easy to make everyone happy whenever you have two communities so close together, like the Pines and Cherries, because the Pines Pines and Cherry Grove, sorry, Cherry Grove and the Pines are two different communities, but you can get everything you need if you're just willing to walk through the meat rack or across the beach, you know, like, If you like a pool party where everyone where all the cool kids are at and you are lounging and you are in your pink flamingo and your speedo and you're staying at some rich daddy's condo for free, you can get that in the pines. You can also get a little circuit party in the pines. You can also be in the grove and hang out with the bears and the lesbians if that's your tea and the drag queens because let's be honest in the grove you can't even you can't spit without hitting a drag queen in cherry grove
0: it's, true. it's very
1: true. so you get your bingo you get your queens you get uh your um you know you get your seaside food and whatnot in cherry grove and you get your circuit parties in the pines so i feel like fire island is so special because those two communities put together can make a lot of different people happy within our community
0: Absolutely. Now you will be will be participating in Miss Cherry's All Stars this summer. What can you tell us? What you'll be bringing, and why is this event so big this year?
1: Well, this event is big because it's uh, a combination of a lot of the girls who have won Miss Cherry's in the past. Uh, which the list is, I mean, Taya Hart, Renna Darling, Tina Burner, Sable Cities, myself other people
0: but yeah other people um <laughs>
1: <laughs> like there's a, there's a there's a whole bunch if you want to share that sorry um sorry. Uh, and so it's just a combination that all the girls who have ever won mitch cherries are generally a big part of the community and i find uh the sense of community in cherry grove is super strong especially at cherries uh I believe our mission statement is to help people really have fun and bring everyone together. We, uh, our, the owner Jackie, our she loves to bring the community together for a big event. I mean, a it's good for business. B it's create it sends a creative community and a place for people to be and feel like they're part of something. So Miss Cherry's All Stars, bringing together some of the most talented queens that have won Miss Cherry's in the past, is going to be a huge day because all of these queens have groups of fans in Cherry Grove whether whether it's their favorite or not we all have so much support out there so a day like that is just going to be such a huge event what can i what am i what can i tell that i'm bringing i can tell you i'm on doing very well
0: <laughs> because <laughs> naturally
1: uh i don't compete very often uh mm-hmm. so when i do i put everything into it i believe proper preparation prevents piss poor performance and then um, I've been preparing for a while. I'm going to bring, I'm actually going to bring a variation of my original package for Miss Cherries.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: I'm, I won't say that I'm just taking what I did and making new versions, but each, each there's four categories, presentation, day wear, talent and gown. And for each one, I'm definitely doing some way a nod to my original package for Mr. Cherry's because my original package, I feel like the reason why I won was because it was just very different than everyone else. And it was very diverse. Within my package, I stayed on brand for each category, but each category is very different than the last.
0: Now you can say no. There's no one there. It's fine if you don't want to answer it, but who do you think is going to be your biggest competition?
1: Sable Cities. Alright. I'm excited. Sable Cities. I absolutely think that Sable Cities is... A, she's very talented, and she is very, very loved in the community of Cherry Grove, and she's also a national title holder, and she is, she's from, she's Texas girl. Those Texas girls know how to do pageants. Those Texas girls know how to do pageants. They Mm -hmm. get that shit. They really do. So I would say, yeah,
0: she's my biggest competition. All right, we're going to play our first game. Very simple. It's called Finish the Sentence. I'll give you a sentence. You just got to finish it. Okay. (laughs) My favorite color is? Red. If I were an animal, I'd be?
1: A mirror cat.
0: My favorite superhero is?
1: Catwoman.
0: My biggest fear is?
1: Not being able to dance.
0: My dream vacation is?
1: Santorini, Greece.
0: When I was a kid, I wanted to be... A majorette. My biggest pet peeve is...
1: (laughs) Disrespecting other people's time.
0: My favorite musical is...
1: Ooh, you made a hard one out of that one. (laughs) My my favorite musical is a toss-up between... Okay, do I have to choose? I have to choose. My favorite musical is favorite musical movie Cabaret, favorite musical on stage,
0: Fosse. Love it. And my NYC drag crush is
1: my NYC drag crush.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay, let me think about it. Oh no, I don't know. NYC drag crush. Um shit i don't know you got me with that let me think you can play really the fifth hard. if you want hold on i'll find somebody my nyc drag crush um he's your
0: car there it is that's a power couple right there <laughs> now music is universal it brings people together and helps give a little insight on a person in this game we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life so i'll give you a prompt and you're going to tell me what song fits it Okay. A song that reminds you of summer.
1: Lady Gaga, A A.
0: A song that motivates you.
1: Paula Abdul, Cold Hearted Snake.
0: A song that gets you in the mood to party.
1: Miley Cyrus, uh, It's Our Party. I don't know what the name of the song is.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's called either. That's I left my head. That's fine. <laughs> a song that you wish more people knew.
1: Uh, oh, a song I wish more people knew. Um, "Dog and Butterfly" by Heart.
0: Love it. A song that reminds you of your first job.
1: A song that reminds me of my first job. What was my first job? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: memory from Cats.
0: A song that reminds you, or uh, yeah, a song that reminds you of your first time in drag.
1: Life of the Party from the Off-Broadway musical, Wild Party.
0: Love it. A song that gets stuck in your head.
1: <sighs> um, what's that new song? Wumma wumma wumma. I don't know that it. one.
0: All right. A song from your favorite musical.
1: Uh, what did i say my favorite musical was Uh, um
0: i gotcha Uh (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm uh-huh and the song that made you who you are
1: oh a song that made me who i am lady gaga gypsy
0: i love it now you thought i asked some hard questions before i got some even harder questions now we're gonna play this or that (laughs) rock and roll edition (laughs) okay Okay, So I'm going to give you two options. You're going to pick the one you prefer. Guns and Roses or ACDC? ACDC. Blondie or Hart? Hart. Pat Benatar or Joan Jett? Pat Benatar. Stevie Nicks or Bonnie Tyler? Stevie Nicks. Genesis or The Police? Genesis. Rolling Stones or U2? Rolling Stones. Prince or Elton John? Prince. Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd? Oh, that one's hard. Okay.
1: Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd? Oh gosh. I'm sorry, Led Zeppelin. It's Pink Floyd.
0: Bon Jovi or Aerosmith? Aerosmith. Poison or White Snake, Poison. Journey or Foreigner? Foreigner Madonna or Cher? Oh, Cher. Finally, Freddie Mercury or David Bowie? Freddie Mercury. Love it. Is nightlife competitive, right? Isn't it fun? (laughs) I like that one a
1: lot, actually. Is nightlife competitive? Extremely, all the time. I do my best to make it not.
0: Is there any advice you would give to young drag artists starting out about how to make things not as competitive? Ignore
1: people whenever they say things to try and make you deter from your vision. I.e. when someone goes, oh, you're wearing that lip again. Oh, you've decided tonight to wear these heels. Oh, you thought that that would look good with this. Ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. Stay true to your path and be nice no matter what.
0: How has the usage and necessity of social media evolved since you started on the scene?
1: The usage of social media is so strong that it's become a whole separate job mm-hmm. besides just doing your gigs in nightlife. Um, pretty much anywhere that you're going to work is going to expect you to promote. So uh, you need to find whichever avenue you can to get the people who they want to come and see you in the bar and buy some drinks and cocktails and have a party and use it to your advantage.
0: Do you think certain venues don't go far enough in promoting their artists?
1: Absolutely.
0: So what 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 do we have to do to get them to do better? Because the drag artists are definitely doing their job and, and upholding their end of the bargain. How can the venues do better?
1: I'm lucky because I, um, at a, I'm at at a point right now where I work for pretty much I have two separate bosses. One in the city and one on Fire Island. And they both do a lot of promotion on their own. Absolutely. Uh, on, on, on their own rights, if you will. Um, what could we do, I don't know, because, um, I mean, you can just tell them you're going to stop promoting too, and then you risk them going, okay, fine, we're going to get rid of you.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's not fun. I don't know that there's anything you can do. Be nice and try and just tell them I'm promoting, and if you want me to be a party promoter as well as a performer, you're going to have to pay me more.
0: Yeah.
1: That would I, I mean- be my guess. <laughs>
0: Honestly, like I think at some point, like there's going to be a breaking point because there, uh, for me, for watching from an, an outside perspective, it it guts me hearing the stories of, oh, well, um, you're not getting more, enough people there. And then knowing that certain venues just do not do any social media pushes. And it's like a lot of the younger queens just can't say anything because they're still starting out. They don't want to get blacklisted, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, there are definitely certain venues out there that I wish I could just slide into those DMs and say do better
1: yeah i would say maybe if you can pull together a gaggle of your friends for one night and get everyone to come like a certain week and pack it out and have the boss then come to you and go oh see look how amazing this is and you go yeah i had to make this many phone calls, send this many DMs, talk to this many friends. I had to do this and this and this, which adds up to this many hours of work, which you aren't paying me for. And these are hours of work that you're not willing to do to promote your own bar. So if you want it to be full like that from now on, you're going to have to pay me more and start promoting on your own. I guess sort of sometimes you just have to show people how much work it really takes. And then when they tell you how great it was, go, yeah, it was great. And it took this much work that you didn't give me any time or money for. So you're gonna have totally. to step your game up if you, want, if you want this out of me. I mean, as a business person, that would be my best tactic.
0: I love it. Where do you see the state of drag in five years?
1: Hopefully less on TV and more in person.
0: I'm here for it. We're gonna play everyone's favorite game, tea time. You're gonna spill some tea on some of your favorite friends, sisters people you've shared a stage with, people you've taken a photo with. People okay, let you me love. have a coffee. We're, we're going to find out if you if you love them or hate them. And feel okay, free let's to, do it. Oh. Feel free to share whatever you want. And let's start off with oh. Jacqueline Hyde.
1: Jacqueline Hyde. I, legit, Jacqueline Hyde and I have a new gig every Saturday. Hardware is at quote unquote 4 p.m. By the way, we don't start <laughs> until 6. Um, <laughs> we were, we uh, were, uh, my boss called me and said hey i'm gonna offer you a gig with one other queen that is not in the house of assassins because you already have like 17 of those um and i would prefer someone already within our family who would you want and instantly i said jacqueline hyde because that bitch is so fucking funny i knew even if no one came to our show i'd be just laughing the whole time every week
0: yeah next up petty cash petty cash
1: she is a good time gal. She is honestly a sweetheart. Uh, she is uh, she's what I will call a love bug. I just, every time I see her, I smile. Every time I'm around her, I'm smiling. We're always having a good time together. She is like a family member to me. And the bitch can dance half Down Boots.
0: Mm-hmm. Next up, Gilda Wabbit.
1: Gilda Wabbit reminds me of when I started drag. Uh, when I started drag, she was one of the few queens who offered a generous extending hand and a supportive uh, voice in my life. Whenever I found when I started drag, a lot of people, I think maybe had the wrong impression of me. I think um, I've sort of built up a level of respect at this point. But when I started drag, people sort of treated me like I thought I was somebody. And I was really just trying to figure out who I was. And Gilda was one of those people that was there supportive from day
0: one. Yeah. We miss her here.
1: We do miss her here.
0: Next up, Heidi Ho. Heidi Ho.
1: She is, uh, how would I describe Heidi Ho? In my, in my experience of her, I love Heidi Ho. She's also another, I can't, like right now, I'm just, you keep mentioning people that I really love, just so you know. Of so course. like, I'm actually, <laughs> so like, I'm just smiling and thinking of all the good times I've had with these people. Heidi always has a way of giving me a quip that's never a put down. She always <laughs> has a sassy little something that, and she's always right. Uh, she's, she's drier She's drier than a lot of other people and yes, it's yes. really, but it really, it makes my eyes wet cause she makes me laugh. Uh, uh, she makes me laugh until I cry. And I think her, her drag is, and I don't want this to be negative to her. I think her drag is a little bit underrated in the city. I think that she is super talented, very creative, and very funny, and also super hardworking, and she should be more recognized for that.
0: I agree. Next
1: up, Brenda Darling. Brenda Darling. Brenda Darling is one of the queens that taught me that always being nice will get you somewhere. Absolutely. No matter what. Because I'll tell you, when I started drag, Brenda and Logan were a big, big, Brenda and Logan Hardcore, to be specific, were a big, Uh, duo especially on Fire Island and that was around the time Kimmy and I started becoming a duo so there was just sort of like a little unspoken like oh they think they're the new girls for a hot second we're all good with each other now all Gucci is all get out but she still no matter what a lot of people will try and stir up drama she showed like the true pageant girl she is she showed that always being nice no matter what, will get you far. And now she's one of my favorites. In fact, her and I want to do a Paula versus Janet Jackson show together someday.
0: Oh, that'll be good, I'm here for that. Next up yeah. is Honey Davenport.
1: Honey Davenport, also one of the queens who taught me about community in this uh, nightlife because she's one of those girls who always, always, always made sure she made everyone in the room feel loved and welcome. Uh, no matter what level or what bar we thought they were at, no matter what their social standing was, no matter what, obviously, their color, race, background is, she makes sure that everyone feels loved and part of the community. And I learned that from her.
0: Next, we have Jenica Tastrophe. Jenica Tastrophe
1: is one of my oldest friends from Ohio. Uh, one of the most talented and diverse performers. She... Taught me a lot about makeup, to be quite honest. Whenever I first moved to New York, she was my first roommate in 2004. We had an apartment in Bushwick and Bushwick was not the Bushwick it is now in 2004, by the way, you guys. uh, uh, Y'all, sorry, didn't mean to be specific about that. Y'all, she taught me a lot about passion on stage. She and I had some really good times together, two summers on Fire Island. Um, She's a fearless performer. And uh, she helped me bring that out myself.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing her at your show at Icon and be like, I am in love. This is a brilliant artist.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Next up, DJ Two-Face. DJ Two-Face,
1: I owe him a lot. He's the reason why I got into the family of bars I work at right now. Uh, He told our boss uh, at Hardware Slash Pieces, slash playhouse that uh i was someone to keep an eye on and then that boss came and saw me do a rainy empty bingo on a wednesday night and i think the end of september in cherry grove and said to me well if you can make that entertaining then um (laughs) you're probably pretty good you're probably pretty good and once in a while if i need someone to fill in can i call you and i said yeah and then i started filling in slowly that building to regular gigs love that Next so up. I so I have so I have two face so I have two face to thank for that is what I'm trying to say. And obviously a very, very talented DJ and a huge part of the community in my life.
0: Oh fully. I mean Two Face is honestly one of the nicest people I've ever met. Again, you you spoke about nice people and how you get ahead. That's why DJ Two Face is doing what Two Face is doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. He I def- I have a lot to owe to him. He gave me the connections that got me to where I am right now.
0: Next we have Ariel Sinclair. Ariel Sinclair
1: is one of those people that you can't be around and not be laughing. It's impossible. (laughs) uh, You know how there are certain people who are just brought here for a specific reason. Ariel Sinclair is here on planet Earth to make the rest of us calm the fuck down and have some laughs, which we all need. It's impossible to be around Ariel without laughing and smiling and uh, bringing uh, humor to any situation.
0: Next we have Tina Burner.
1: Tina Burner, that psycho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tina Burner uh, uh, is honestly one of the reasons why I was able to step on stage without ever having hosted a drag show and barely even having a drag name and was able to navigate my way through a show. Cause my first summer on Fire Island, I watched her host every Sunday and every Sunday afternoon, by the way, Uh, There's a lot of day trippers and I don't want to talk down about anyone, but the day trippers get buck wild in the middle of the afternoon and watching her wrangle them is watching a masterclass on how to be a host and still be funny and charming and talented while also being able to control the room. She also told me the four things that you need to know to win a pageant. And I did them for Miss Cherry's the first time and I won and I'm not going to tell them to you now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm here for it. I'll keep those secrets <laughs> to your chest. All right, next up, Tammy Spanks.
1: Tammy Spanks is a good time gal. I just saw her the other night. She has a new gig at the Phoenix on Mondays. Go we'll see her. Um, she, she's one of those people that also just, she, she just got to get on stage and make people feel good. That's what makes her come to life. Uh, and her and I both grew up in Ohio. We didn't know each other until we both lived in New York. And the minute we
0: met, we knew we were kindred spirits. I love that. All right, next up, Camilla Cockman.
1: Camilla Cockman, one of the most charismatic people I know. She is so herself. It's like being around a baby. You know, it's so that everyone is just like, just look at this cute, adorable little thing. I'm not calling Camilla cute, adorable little thing, but I can't be, uh, I can't be in a room with her without smiling and having a good time. And the vibes that come off of her are so strong and so pleasant she's just such a bright light and I think that that good energy just emanates out of her which is why she's um I'm glad she's part of the house of assassins and I think she'll always do well in drag
0: next we have Nick Gaga
1: Nick Gaga is one of the hardest working people in the industry I have so much respect for Nick Gaga and over the past year and a half since we made the video for Sweet Melody actually and uh she helmed finding the uh, crew, uh, the videographers, uh, the editors, all of that. She is willing to put in any work possible to get the job done. Uh, Not only is she talented on stage as a performer and a Lady Gaga impersonator, which is also impressive, she is behind the scenes able to put in so much focused work to get to the product that uh, she needs, and also a lot of times for other people, which is me and the other girl in the House of Assassins.
0: Last, but certainly not least, Kimmy Moore. Kimmy Moore.
1: (laughs) Kimmy is just, I will say this. Kimmy and I work together so much now that whenever we're in shows together, I generally will go get a drink. I will go to the bathroom. I will go backstage and fix my hair. When she's on stage, I know that the audience is in good hands. But whenever I've decided, still almost five years later, still to this day, if I decide to stay in that room and watch my sister do a number instead of popping off to take a breath or whatever, I still am always impressed by what she does. Every single time I, I look at her, I'm like, oh my God, look at what this bitch is doing. She is so fierce. The girl brings it. She's fierce. She is passionate. She, She's a super, super talented dancer and all of the accolades i could say but she's also just such a good friend and a sister and at this point just family and always will be
0: i love that what is your go-to karaoke song
1: oh i'm gonna tell you a secret i hate karaoke (laughs) and i don't have a go, and i don't have a go-to but when i've had to sing karaoke i've sang mandy by barry manilow
0: oh my god oh wow (laughs) That's a choice. I know that
1: one. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely a choice. I think because it, it reminds me of uh, my uh, grandpa. I'm not a great singer. I'm an okay singer. I am I'm I would call myself a singer with a lowercase s. Uh huh.
0: Gotcha. Um,
1: like I can sing, but it's not, it's not really something everyone wants to hear, to be quite honest. But uh, one of my grandfathers was a really good singer. He had like a very velvety voice and he used to mm-hmm. love to sing very Manabo. And so I guess I. I like to sing Mandy because it reminds me of my grandpa Don.
0: I love that. I had Tammy on recently um, and I asked her, what song does she want the audience to stop singing at karaoke? Her answer was Sweet Caroline. And I was like, yeah, people should stop that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, please. Definitely.
0: (laughs) All right. You've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of?
1: If I have fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube, I am watching videos of ballerinas from before 1975.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm excited by that. Any names that I'm we talking, should go and watch? Gelsie Kirkland, Suzanne Farrell,
1: Allegra Kent, Maria Tallchief, um, Cynthia Gregory, yeah, that'd be the, that'd be my top.
0: Nice. All right, if you had to pick one New York City drag artist to be your partner on The Amazing Race, Who would it be? On the
1: amazing race. Okay, on the amazing race, we need someone who's gonna be really physical. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I want someone who's not gonna fight with me, because if Mm -hmm. you fight, then you waste time and you get behind. Okay, Kimmy Moore.
0: I'm here for it. Listen, if you need help submitting that audition tape to CBS Viacom, I am here and I will help (laughs) you make that happen, because that is the TV we all deserve.
1: I would say Kimmy more because a she's physically fit and strong and her and i rarely really fight and we're really good at solving problems together like a lot of times i'll be like the two of us together are almost one whole drag queen
0: i love it we have uh, a couple of fan corner questions for you this is a question from coco taylor what is the best song to light things on fire to
1: the best song to light things on fire to back in black acdc
0: love that and this is a question from dan o'rourke logistically speaking what is your favorite place to perform
1: logistically like meaning like like stage lights camera yeah. action all that playhouse bar
0: it's beautiful it's a beautiful video short
1: it is very, very beautiful. The stage, the just the proceeding of the stage alone, the lights around that gold trim, it just, you know, it's it's very professional looking. It's very, uh, it's modern. It is, it's pretty. I like it. Yeah, and the stage is nice. It's nice, nice soft wood.
0: Well, I Not my that previous guest like
1: soft wood, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question, and this is a question from Virginia Thick inspired by drag race if you had a, to do a song on the show what would your eight bar verse be
1: inspired by drag race if i had like my own song
0: so like if you had to do if a I... verse for one of the drag race songs like give give us a rhyme or two that you would include in your lyrics a rhyme or
1: two i would include in my lyrics this
0: bitch i know when she asked i was like oh god
1: this bitch. Okay. Oh my gosh. I haven't started writing my script for Drag Race yet. Um, okay. It would be something along the lines of I chew on crowns for breakfast clowns. Okay. I can see you frown because you're jealous of my gown. Something like that. I don't know.
0: I'm here for it. Now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. Um, and it can be about anything you like. The only trick is you don't get to know who it is
1: my question is why are you auditioning for rupaul's drag race
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll ask it well i love to try to expand the community here on block talk who would you like to hear an interview from in the future
1: um i would like to hear an interview from
0: camilla kaufman all right let's do it well where can we find you on social media venmo and any projects you want to continue to plug?
1: I am at drag witch on pretty much everything. All any any app that would be money related is at drag witch. That is drag as a drag queen, witch as in I'm a witch, bitch. Um I used to be drag with a dot witch on Instagram. So yep. if you used to follow me, my account got hacked and deleted. So please follow me on Instagram at dragwitch. We also have a brand new assassins Instagram, which is at assassins NYC.
0: I love it. Well, Boudoir, you made my dream come true. Thank you so much for being here.
1: It was my pleasure.